Good evening. If I could just give a few words of instruction so we can come into his presence. There's a number of movements that will be happening, and if we can get all those movements taken care of, then there's not a lot of talking in between, trying to figure out what you do next and those things. The flow through tonight will have different elements. Some of those elements will be you're just by yourself. It's you and the Spirit of God opening up your heart to the scripture, to the song, to the challenges that he might be bringing to our hearts and minds. Other times, you're going to find a prayer partner. Don't, not yet. But there's a prayer partner. Now, or it can be a pair trio, but no more than three in that partnership. Also, there'll be a time for prayer huddles. Huddles will be from four to six. You make it any larger than that, this is what happens. No, there's some people that never get to verbally participate because of the different movements and things that we're going to be doing. I can guarantee you one thing. Each time I close a movement, it will irritate most of you. I mean, that's just fact. I will, at a totally inappropriate time, say his name. That is your clue to bring closure to that movement so that we can then move on. Okay? So those are the different elements that we'll be participating in. So I know this is totally impossible for most of us in the Western church, but if you could now, as focused and quietly as possible, figure out who your prayer partner or prayer, prayer trio is right now. Wow, you're really good. or you were good. All right, hopefully you've done that. Now, if you're sitting by yourself, that's not a prayer partnership or a trio. So if you could, and now that partnership or trio that you've just developed you now quickly find another partnership which becomes a huddle. Do that right now. All right, you've done that, right? So now you know when I say get in prayer huddles, you know exactly who to get with. When I say get into your prayer partner, you know exactly who to get with. When I say you and God, hopefully you know who you're getting together with. In John 13, Jesus gathers his disciples and followers in a place that we call the upper room. He then in the next five chapters begins to, through example and through his teaching, 
help focus his disciples on what this is all about. He ends that upper room discourse before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane with a prayer. It says in John 17, verse 1, that when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to the Father and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify the Son, that the Son might glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to those whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. The first thing I want to focus on tonight is that phrase, you have given him authority over all flesh. Now, I'm just going to pick on myself. I'm not going to pick on you. I've been a follower of Christ since the... January of 1971 as a freshman at the University of Tennessee. And I can tell you that through those now, what, 47 years, through prayer, through worship, I did not approach Jesus like he had authority over all flesh. I didn't approach what Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18. For all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. See, I come out of the Jesus movement and we just kind of focused on Jesus like he was our, our bud. Just a nice pastoral person. The one who saves, but we miss the whole transcendent nature of who Jesus is. And so on the screens, follow along with me into some verses. Like in John chapter 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Just capture that for a moment. Without him was not anything made that was made. He not only was with God, he is God, and all things were made through him. Paul beautifully articulates this preeminence of this Jesus whom we have salvation through, who is our Lord, who is our King, whom we worship hopefully every day of our lives. This is what Paul says about him. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. In him all things hold together. Imagine, the cells and molecules and atoms in your body are held together by Christ. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. 
For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the writer of Hebrews tells us, he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. The one who breathed forth stars holds them by the power of his name. In your prayer huddles, I want these verses to saturate your heart and mind, and I want them to capture your attention as in your huddles you verbally to each other praise Jesus, the one whom God has given authority over all flesh, the one whom has told us all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You'll know it's time to come back together as a group as our worship team brings us into a song flowing out of that time of praise in your prayer huddles. Do not talk about anything but what you are to focus on. You are never finished when you think you're finished. Continue on in a focus of him. Let's lift up his name in the reality of what the scriptures say who he is. In your prayer huddles.
You can stand or be seated. When Pat was preaching this morning, talking about revival, God prompted my heart to write these words. The path of revival begins with God awakening us to the reality of who he is. A lot of times we think revival is just repenting of some sins that we've collected. But we'll never know the depth of our sin until we know the transcendence of him, the holiness of this God. I think of Job. Know the book of Job. We come to chapter 38 after his friends and Job have talked about what they know about God or think about God or why Job's in this situation. And God basically tells Job, all right, dress up, young man, for action. And he begins to ask Job questions that Job can't even fathom what the answers are to those questions. And by the end of the book, 
Here's Job's response when the veil from Job's eyes have been pulled away so he might see God as never before. He says, I have heard of thee with the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes. Probably the most popular time that we know or most well-known time we know of someone coming into the presence of God and it changing everything in his life is Isaiah. Isaiah was probably the most righteous man in the kingdom of Israel at the time. So he could have easily saw himself as aloof from the rest of the crowd. I am a holy man, they are not. But Isaiah comes into the temple and it says in Isaiah 6, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. There were seraphim and you have this unbelievable scene where Isaiah is giving a glimpse of the transcendent holy God that he has worshiped and that he has known. And Job and Isaiah's response is, woe is me, I am undone. That is a statement of judgment that he has just pronounced upon himself. And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. This is a time of just you and the Father, a brief time, I'm, I'm sorry for that, but a time where you're asking God a simple question. What is it in my life that hinders me in seeing who you are? The psalmist tells me, search me, O God, and know my heart. Know every, all my thoughts, see if there's any wickedness in me and lead me to the path everlasting. This is just you and God and ask him to open up your heart and mind to that which is a barrier to your seeing God at his fullness. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, and in these brief moments, seek his insight in your life. As you continue in that attitude before the Lord, the other thing that God prompted my heart with this morning is that our greatest sin in the church is that we do not passionately pursue the intimate knowledge of God, both individually and in community as we should. <laughs> our greatest gift from our Lord and Savior is declared in those first few verses of his prayer in John 17. You know, you have given me authority over all flesh to give eternal life to those whom you have given me. Do you realize that you are God's gift to the Son? We always talk about Jesus being God's gift to us, and that's true, for God gave his only begotten Son. You are also God's gift to his Son. 
And then Jesus says, and this is eternal life, that they, my followers, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That is the greatest privilege of our salvation, knowing him intimately. That's why God says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God and I'll be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted in all the earth. That's why God declares through the prophet Jeremiah, those of you that are wise don't boast in your wisdom and those of you that are rich don't boast in your riches and those of you that are mighty don't boast in your might. But if you're gonna boast, boast in this, that you know and understand him. When Hosea is trying to encourage the people to get back to their position in God, he says, let us know, let us press on to know God. You have to understand that the Hebrew word for know there is the word, simple word, yada. It is also the word that we find in Genesis 4.25 when it says, Adam knew Eve and begot Seth. That's talking about sexual intimacy resulting in a child. When God uses it, it is this unbelievable invitation for his people to know him in spiritual intimacy. This is beyond any of our con conception or imagination. This is a beautiful thing. The greatest gift he gave to his people Israel is found in Leviticus 26, 12. I will walk with you and I will be your God and you will be my people. His greatest declaration against Israel is found in Hosea chapter four, verse one. For God is building a case against you. You have forgotten loving kindness and gentleness and there is no knowledge of God in the land. And then in verse six of that same verse, he says, Hosea goes, God is going to judge you because of your ignorance. That ignorance is based on the intimate knowledge of God that they ran away from. They didn't embrace. They didn't run to. We might say, oh, that's a bunch of people from the Old Testament. Listen to Paul's admonition to the church in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 34, be sober-minded as you ought and stop sinning. Now, my quick deduction is, oh, I know there are sins. Social economic division in the church, sexual immorality, and we could go on and on with the list. But here's what Paul says. For some of you have no knowledge of God, I speak this to your shame. Intimate knowledge of the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. So in that same meditative, reflective state that I ask you to be in individually, I want you to go to the Father and say, Father, what is hindering my intimate, passionate, intimate pursuit of the greatest privilege of salvation that you have given me that we describe as eternal life? intimacy between a father and the son and us through his spirit.
let's seek his insight and perspective within our own lives. allow the Lord to continue to speak to you. If he's not done yet, please don't sing. Broken alabaster at the feet of the master I fall. I fall. After the breaking, all that's worth taking is yours, is yours. Like broken alabaster at the feet of the master, I fall. After 
of me flow sing it flow like many waters flow from the depths of me flow like a rushing river flow like a mountain stream flow like many waters flow flow in the depths of our hearts like an overflowing well
My king would die for me. It's amazing. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you. Amazing love. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Such a mystery, Lord. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. I
I just say one thing as you're having your times of reflection, I heard voices of praise throughout the room of little children, and that was just fun. Praise God for the little kids in the room. Now, I should never assume, but more than likely, God spoke to many of you during these brief moments. And so with your prayer partner, you're going to pray for yourself in what God laid on your heart. It could be confession. It could be celebration. It could be a point of intercession that you're you're wanting someone else to make for you, but you're going to voice it as a prayer of supplication. So you're not going to take time to hear about prayer requests. Your other partner or partners are going to be listening to your prayers and joining you in praying for you as you pray for yourself. Now, because child care and we don't have all night, be conversational. Don't think you need to pray for everything that happened to you and God during those moments. Because that means no one else is going to have an opportunity to verbalize their request. So do it conversationally so they can go back and forth during the brief moments that you have. But you're going to share through your personal supplication so others, your prayer partners, can make personal, can make intercession on behalf of you. And then you do that within your group. And that at some And forgive me, at some inappropriate moment, I'm going to say Father, which is going to bring that moment to close, and then we'll move on to our next movement. Father, this can be a time of extreme sensitivity and vulnerability. So, Father, may we be faithful in what we hear, only to speak it to you. And may we listen to you how we should pray for each other as people are making that personal request for themselves. Guide and lead us, Holy Spirit, in this moment. Find your prayer partner and begin.
Father. Samuel tells us, far be it from me that I would sin against the Lord from ceasing to pray for you. With the prayer partner you had and the expressions of their heart that they prayed in their personal supplication, my prayer is that you will ask the Father this week to continue to prompt your heart for them this week, uh, even beyond, but at least covenant for this week in that. May I also encourage you that when God convicts, it's always for restoration. If your conviction leads to a wallowing in your sin and thinking that you are just but a worm that is straight from the pit of hell, God's conviction always leads to restoration. I mean, when Peter and the other two disciples that went up to the Mount of Transfiguration fell on their faces, Jesus picked them up. It was appropriate worship to fall prostrate, but Jesus then lifts up and restores. So please, if God revealed some things within your heart and you confess those things, and you ask the Holy Spirit to fill the gap of those sins. Because remember, nature it hoards a void. Whenever you confess that is not, you're not finished, you always ask the Father, fill that void that the sin that was within me has created and fill it with your spirit so that I might walk in you. We only have a brief some brief moments left, but I felt a real conviction because of the passage of scripture that Pat shared this morning from Haggai uh, chapter one, I think it was verse 14, and how the movement of God started with the leaders and then went among the people. And it is essential, men and women of God, that we pray for our leaders within the context of this church. Normally, we sacrifice them over the altar of our lunches, but we don't pray for them enough. And so I wanna ask you all to stand. This might be a little uncomfortable, but these next couple of days might help us move into the realm of discomfort. But what I'd like you to do for just a brief moment I want you to pray out loud, verbally, simultaneously for your leaders. All right? Begin to pray him, body of Christ. Praise him and pray for your leaders in his name. Father, may the roar of our intercession be not limited to a space in time in this place, but may it lead to a tenacious intercession for our leaders, for our church, for your mission, and for your purpose in Smyrna to the ends of the earth. Amen. Now,
as you stay standing, I want to give you an opportunity to listen. I don't know about your prayer time, but I talk a lot. But let's spend a moment and just say this simple prayer before the Father. I'm listening. And my answer is yes before I hear from you. Go to the Father in these moments.
Sing praises to
know about you, but I'm, I'm not hardly through yet. But uh, so I've got good news. We're coming back tomorrow night. Okay. So, uh, folks, listen, man. I, I, my, my heart is overjoyed to see a church full of people. I didn't come to hear, you know, a, a, a you know, a world famous speaker or a concert. Man, you come to seek the Lord. You're fasting, and God is going to do great things. And folks, I, I I want you to know how absolutely proud of you I am, and how thankful I am for this church, for the campuses, for our campus pastors for leading their camps as well, for our campus worship pastors. Man, they were doing this on the fly tonight. So, it's awesome what God has started. Don't let it finish. I promise everything will come at you tomorrow to keep you away. Because the enemy doesn't want you to do what you're doing. And he doesn't want you to deal with the things you're dealing with. And you've been uncomfortable tonight in so many ways. You would rather for me to preach or for Jeff to preach than to say, hey, get by yourself and just be quiet for a moment. Because that's uncomfortable. God, yes, my yes is on the table. Tell me what you want. God, I confess this. Jeff, thank you for bringing up the fact that when you confess, when God, when God convicts, it's always for restoration. He's a good father, it's who he is. I'm loved by him, that's who I am, right? Let me give you some ground rules for tomorrow night. Or let me, the ground rules, let me give you some things for tomorrow night. First off, man, uh, uh, we're glad. Jeff, thank you for mentioning the kids. My kids are here. Uh, uh, we want your kids to see their mama and their daddy lift their hands and fall on their knees before the Lord in worship. Okay? So thank you for bringing your kids. And we, we do have child care through the second grade, but thank you for bringing your kids. Let them experience this. Maybe you want to bring a pad and a pen, a piece of paper uh, uh, on your iPad. Take notes of what God's telling you. Go home tonight. Uh, process. Don't just go home and turn on the TV. and watch. Just go home and just let this continue, okay, to, to just flood over you. Continue strong in your fast. When you're hungry, you say, God, I'm hungry, but I'm hungry for you more. And don't let anything keep you from being back here at 630 tomorrow night, okay? Don't let anything. Matter of fact, if you see people, you say, you need to come with me, all right? During these times, you're going to be uncomfortable. And here's what I know. You will never grow if you're comfortable. It's the times when you're the most uncomfortable that you experience the most growth. So you come uh, tomorrow night. During our times, you're going to be praying. Uh, during our times of worship, uh, I want you, I want to tell you that you can come down and 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 man, if you want to flood the altar at any time, you can. I'm going to be down here. Some of our staff, if you need somebody to pray over you or to pray with you, there'll be people down here to do that. Uh, we want God to do what God wants to do, and so uh, don't let anything keep you from coming back tomorrow night. This is like the first layer of the onion is just now peeled, and we're going to get down to the core. It takes a while. 
right? So, man, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you and what God's doing. I want to pray, and when I pray, you'll be dismissed to go get your kids and to go home and continue this. Continue conversations with your kids. Continue fasting tomorrow. Continue an attitude of prayer all day tomorrow. Let the word wash over you, and I promise it gets gooder and gooder as we get further and further. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for, thank you for Jeff coming, and Lord, for our friendship now of, Lord, 14 years. And God, what I have seen and how I've seen you use him in so many ways, Father. God, I, I thank you for the campuses that are here tonight, Lord, that are the result of a sacred gathering years ago. God, I thank you for the worship pastors on stage that are leading tonight, that are here because of your your leadership in the lives of, of this church. God, I pray that we would just absolutely be serious about you and don't care who cares. God, help us to love you. Help us to repent when we need to. God, help us to re just, just absolutely rejoice. Help us to sing. God, it's beautiful tonight that in the prayer times, I heard prayers in different languages because of people. I heard prayers in Spanish. I heard prayers in English. Uh, Lord, I know there were prayers in different dialects because of the nations that you brought to our body. Thank you for that, God. God, I look forward to what you're going to do out of this place. I pray that we would go home and, Lord, that you would not let us go. God, do not let our hearts rest. Do not uh, let us go. Help us to continue the pursuit of you. God, if anything, help us to push the pedal further to the metal and, Lord, just hit overdrive. We love you. Help us to be back tomorrow. Don't let anything keep us from coming back to this place tomorrow night as a community to join together to declare how good you are. And God, to worship and praise you for what you've done and going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, folks, you're dismissed. Go uh, have a great time. See you tomorrow night.